Hey, what's up, guys? It is Nathan Harmon with Wilderness Driven Family. My name is Petey Vanderwey-Susan from Rise on Fire Ministries. And we just want to have a conversation with each other, with you, about the scriptures, about just the spirit of God, the presence of God. And to start us out, PD, and we're just going to literally just be flowing today, guys. Um, but I was just, I just did a message a little bit ago, PD, and I was talking about the resurrection. And for me, it's one of the most important, if not one of the primary reasons that that King Jesus, that Yeshua came, was to walk a, a life where he could be glorified and God could entrust the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of men. And I want to read this verse, and then I want to send you off, and I want you to talk to me about some things. So it's at, coming at the end of the Emmanuel's walk. Um, he shows up. He's revealing who he is through the scriptures. It says that their hearts started burning inside of them. And then he says this in 2446, then he said to them, this is written and thus it's necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are a witness of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or some scripture says clothed or clothed with power on high. And so for that, what say you about what we just read? Yeah, bro, that's, that's amazing because the power that he's saying is the enabler to do what is just before that, that is to go and preach that repentance, that truth. And that's what we saw at uh, the book of, in the book of Exodus, you know, with Israel coming out of Egypt, you know, we see Moses being sent with the power of the spirit, God coming in power, proving to Pharaoh, proving to the children of Israel, this is who I am and these great mighty signs and wonders. And then that is what draws them out. That's what let Pharaoh's hand go. And that's when they are then taken to Mount Sinai and given these instructions uh, that would cause them to give, get this heart of repentance and drive them to desire that. But Today, we, we had Mount Zion happen too. We had the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter two, poured out upon all believers. And Yeshua said, like you mentioned, that it is good that I go, why? Like, why is it good that I go? So that my Holy Spirit will be poured out to be among you. Yeah, and you know, uh, getting, to, getting to know you and your, your wife and just, uh, uh, I mean, we even have the matching man buns, right? But, uh, but no, but seriously, it's, it's the fact that there's so many people that I'm around and I, I get so, you can't have a conversation really around me. And I feel like it's the same with you where I'm not mentioning the word spirit and truth, this balance of spirit and truth that you've got to have both to really walk in the fullness of what God's called us to be. And I think of the apostle Paul in first Corinthians chapter two, when he, when he says, um, you know, when I was amongst you, I didn't come with pervasive words or all the knowledge, but I came with trembling and I came with just, just basically saying, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that is a necessity. You've got to understand that the Holy Spirit 
that now is fully capable for us as believers to have access to that without him, what we're reading, reading the Bible without the presence isn't going to change your life, right? Right. Yeah. What is, and you know, he says, it's, I didn't come with, you know, the words of just wise words and all these things, but demonstration of the spirit, like you just read. So what does that look like? I mean, demonstration. So there's, there's, there has to be something that occurs that people see that they would go and be like, well, this is not just a man who's saying this or who's talking, who's got a big brain or who know, who knows this Bible, which are all, I mean, knowing your Bible, how valuable, right? But there's something more to that. There is a demonstration of something that is supernatural, that is out of this world, that is from our God on high, who comes in power and that power manifests in many ways and it brings this deliverance that people experience. And then they're like, well, this God, he actually cares, he knows me and he's powerful. And because of his love for me, the you know, greatest commandment, love the Lord your God and love people. But this is illustrated and this draws people to be like, well, I want to now be obedient. I desire. And that's that gospel that's supposed to be drawing people in. And that demonstration of the spirit is at the backbone of that. What do you think that maybe we see, unfortunately, so many have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, or have a form of godliness, or, or have the, know the words, and, and knows the lingo, and, and kind of knows the, the, the structure of what it is to be a believer, but man, there's just this lack sometimes of, of, of power, and there's this lack of um, just his presence to break the yoke, right? Because it doesn't matter how much we know, it doesn't mm. matter, you know, any of those things without a, a, a literal moment where you encounter God, that is going to be what really starts the process of breaking the yoke. And then there's absolutely our faith and our obedience to the word and us bringing every thought captive, but we can't even bring every thought captive if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to, to take that captive. So what, what's, what would be one of your thoughts of why is there possibly, especially in a movement where, you know, there's so many of us that are catching the rhythms of the front of the book. We're catching the rhythms of, of Bible things, Bible ways. We, we, we're realizing that there's a deeper call to the covenant that God's called us to. We're realizing we're Ephesians 2.12. We're citizens of Israel now because of Jesus of Yeshua. We're, we're no longer strangers of the covenants of promise. So we've been kind of carving out and finding our identity back to really realizing the book of Exodus isn't a book about a people that we're not identified with, but the book of Exodus is about a book of people that it, that is us. But man, it's, it's, it seems to be that there's still, uh, mm. it's almost like there's still dry bones here. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a part of men that's, not good that we love to have this exclusivity we love to have access to something and we a part of us wants exclusive access because that makes us feel special and and i think that you know to answer your question the at the backbone of a lot of the 
um, denying the power, but while having a form of godliness is we don't truly believe in the power of God. I mean, it's simple. Do we truly believe mm. in the power of God? That is, we call it the gospel, right? But do we truly believe in it so much that we can see the most lost person, the most, you know, up there, you know, you, you'd think like this person is so foregone, unredeemable. But if to say someone or think someone is, unredeem is unredeemable, we are actually saying the Lord does not have power. That is what we're more yeah. What we're really saying, and I think that in our um, maybe even subconscious desire to, to have this exclusive to God to ourselves, have God to ourselves, you know, we have been trying to be all godly in things sometimes, but at the cost of returning to that simplicity of what the disciples were up to all the time and what Yeshua was up to all the time when he was here to bring that freedom to people with the purpose of bringing them into covenant yeah. and not just because that's always been the message of the Father is to come for the world, not just for a native born, whichever tribe, whichever whatever language, it's for all that he wants. Yeah. But do we desire that as much as our father desires that? Yep. Because if we do, that's what our life is going to be about. That's what we're going to be hungry for. Yeah, I uh, for for something, especially in America, uh, and because you're from South Africa, where, where you're born and raised, right? But yeah. here in America, I can from the experience here, and I can draw even when I was able to go to Zimbabwe and I was able to be in Brazil and Guatemala in the last uh, year and a half ago. Um, but that place of a form of godliness with denying the power thereof, we are so distracted. We are so, man, w when we look at the disciples and they saw and they walked with the king and they walked with this man who was endued with power and, and he literally would wreck everywhere he went by just the presence of the father. They were like, you know, not don't teach me how to heal the blind or the sick. They're like, teach me to pray. And I'm a firm believer that we have a lack of the authority and really the uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit because we don't make time to spend with him. Prayer is the most powerful weapon. I feel like the Father has, giving, has given humanity. And I, and I think it's like, we're burning from both ends of the wick here, even though we know prayer is the most powerful weapon because that's where we can get God's will revealed to us. We can, we can meditate on him. We can have fellowship with him. It's the sheep, it's the sword and the sheep that will cut down everything asunder. It's the power of prayer. But on the under, other end of the wick, it's a discipline and a sacrifice that we have to be willing to be intentional on because we're so busy, we're just so distracted, and we want God to be a part of our plate, but we don't want to let God be the entire plate. Would you feel like a lack of people's prayer lives and just intimacy would yeah. be a reason why we're seeing so many that just can't break free? Yeah, massive part of it, you know, and we, we tr when we start treating our prayer life like just another checkbox or a, a religious duty, and because, I mean, if you think about your wife and I think about my wife, you know, where our desire to be with them is not fueled by, oh, it's just this thing I got to do. And this is just another thing, you know, and part of my life, oh, okay. And it's just, you know, I feel like sometimes we've made God that because we're, like you mentioned, we're busy, you know, there's a lot of things going on. I get that life is busy, but God is supposed to be number 
number one above everything. Yeah. Is he is he there? Because if he is, you know, it's one thing to say that, but do you live that way? Because God sees that. And so, you know, when uh, the the disciples, they desire to cast out that demon, right? And and they can't, they struggle. This demon is not obedient. They're not submitting to this authority of the disciples at that point. And Yeshua shows up, the disciples, they're like, well, what's going on? You know, well, why did the demons not submit to us? And the answer was just like, look, prayer and fasting. That is how this one leaves. Because you need to grow in your authority. You need to grow in your knowing of who God is and, and who, who, you, who he's made you to be and the authority he's given you. But these revelations, you know, it's one thing we can talk about that all day and teach that and it's, it's valuable, but a lot of it has to come from your relationship, your knowing yeah. that you receive when you spend that intimate time you've just been talking about with the Lord. Well, and we see, I feel like the heart of the Father trying to instill this in us when we think of the Shema, Hero Israel, the love of the Lord. Like you hear that, and then even it goes on when he says, And these words that I, I command you, you'll write them on your doorpost when you lay down at your t-. like I want my I want to consume your mind with the things of who I am. And and we and I'll speak not as in general, I'll speak about me. Um, but I've really been, been trying to be super intentional these last few years of just making prayer be a, a thing that consumes me. But we're, we're, we, we're so vexed to really realize how much God wants to consume us, that he's a consuming fire, that he really wants all of us, that to lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. Like being a disciple, being a bondservant, being a follower of, of Yeshua, literally, it's a call to cost you everything, but in a healthy way because he's a good father. But literally, you're an ambassador, which means you don't set the rules. You don't decide where you go. You don't really have a mind of your own per se. You don't have control. You don't have control. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, that's what it is, that you literally are crucified to him. And, and so we read these verses And I think the fathers, especially in this season that we're in right now, he wants us to be a place where these aren't just verses we read, but we have to know that we know that we know that we're in, we're in an intimate covenant relationship with him, that he's a God that's so close to us and we call, he hears and he responds, but we've got to make him the priority. Um, Something that uh, we don't see a lot of that I really love about getting to spend time with you and your, and your wife is that we have a very similar, I feel, uh, heartbeat and, and, and a gift. I feel like the Father is kind of really embedded in us, and which is evangelism, which is, um, and you don't see a lot of that. Um, I don't meet a lot of people in, in my space that literally just have a heart to pray for the broken, the lost, to have a heart to, you see a lot of it in maybe more the mainstream, and I hate even using words like that, but, but especially with people who have caught the rhythm to the front of the book, that want to do Bible things, Bible ways, you don't see people necessarily, that's like they forget about the weightier matters of, right. of these, the scriptures, which is to love the stranger, the orphan, and the widow, to literally have an answer, to do what that first part of that verse we started this in, which is saying to proclaim the gospel, the remittance of sins, to knowing, like just to go out there and to make his name known. Yeah. So t- talk to me about evangelism. Yeah, you know, brother, just to piggyback off that, like um, I think that for many, the good news has become old news. Oh man. Like we've we've started to 
wanted we desire to grow into maturity right we want we want the big stuff and we we see the meat as um being valuable i mean there's great value in, in deep biblical studies i love that we we teach and all this but the if when that starts coming at the cost of the simplicity of the gospel not just knowing but doing it then we're starting to get in a dangerous place because that's if you think about it you know in the first century those who came against yeshua were often learned men often very like the scholars of the day they had all the knowledge down but at the end of the day they missed the simplicity the simple truths in their lives and so when when love was walking right among them, they couldn't even recognize him because they were just thinking, thinking, but their hearts were wicked. And so we need to be careful that we don't think too much that we miss how wicked our own hearts can get. And so far that we miss how important it is to just live out that gospel. And when I said live out that gospel, it's, you know, what you were leading to is, is, is bringing that to people ultimately the great commission is the is just is the last thing that the messiah said when he left when he ascended it's like if, if we're gonna have a presentation the first thing i say and the last thing i say is what you're gonna kind of stick with that's gonna stick with you it's what you're gonna remember and yeshua knew that and that's what the last things he said is like go into the world yeah proclaim the gospel to every creature teaching them all that i've commanded you baptizing them like all this stuff like and so if if I can just imagine, man, if that's like what he told us lost and the next time I see him and and I'm there with him face to face, that thing we long for, I, I, I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised if that's what he brings up. Like the last thing I told you is this. And then he brings that up. So how did you do with that? Yeah. You know, and, and that thought to me, it just like trembles my heart because it's like, man, like, that was, that was, there's other things important, but that's like so important. He literally says, you know, when you go to the prison, when you feed the, the stranger, when you help this, you get somebody the clothes, like, like, what did we do that? He said, what you do to them, you're doing to me. I'll never forget when I was incarcerated 10 years ago, um, there was a guy that was faithful every Saturday. He would come in and he served and he literally had a, a ministry where he, they, he was allowed to come in and have a chapel service, but he would just let the the offenders kind of run the service. Like he would always allow them to get a chance to preach and to, just to kind of operate in some gifts and some like of the offices. And we he never missed, I'm talking ever. And we asked him and we were like, you know, that spoke such volumes to us because someone's willing, when we were in our own little world, uh, just gone for years, we said, you know, why do you constantly, no matter what, rain, snow, sh when you're sick? I mean, he had came in, I think, when somebody had, had lost, he lost somebody in his family close to him. And he said, well, I love you guys, but I'll be honest, I'm not coming here for you. I'm coming here to see Jesus. I'm coming here to spend time with Yeshua because my scripture says, when I come to the prisons, I'm coming to see the king. And, wow. and yeah, man, like... We, I, I'm a somebody who's big in, you know, I, I feel like evangelism and, and big event evangelism, even big white tents. And that's something that the God's bringing us into, but that's not where it's only at. And I feel like people want to pass off the preacher, the teacher, the prophet, the apostle, and the evangelist onto the, the, the ministry leaders. But maybe there's gift sets that are people are commissioned to be an apostle, to go around starting stuff, or to be a pastor's heart, or to be an evangelist that has a, a bigger spiritual calling on that. But every person who believes that Jesus is king 
is commissioned right. to make disciples in your neighborhood, in your family. So, I mean, what do you think about the, the, the challenge of what we see when we think of big event evangelism? Mm. But really, the nuts and the bolts in this is the one-on-one -on -one. yeah yeah and that's so that's it man like and so you know what you just mentioned the big events i love it right i'm all for that but when we are being real here when we look at the first century there was that we have yeshua you know he's standing up there and there's a lot of people and we have those events but what was it that caused the first century church to explode and change entire cities where you know with the pagan temples were literally overthrown with the gospel basically yeah you know and it wasn't those big events played a part, but the big thing was what happened on the ground with the people. Because when, look, it's one thing to have a some person who God raises and he can do amazing things through that person, a teacher, a evangelist or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the person on the ground who goes everywhere they are, the normal, if you want to call it normal, you know, believer and going and just being like, I'm going to make disciples because that's mul that's multiplication at a scale that as is not achieved in the same manner as a big event because everyone is involved and it's uh, the body who participates. And that's how God designed it is for in his entire body to work together at this thing. And I think that as unfortunate as it, as it is, like you just mentioned, you know, the uh, in the past 2000 years, um, there's common this idea into uh, many orthodox, I guess, circles of what church is and what Christianity is, that it's we pass all the responsibility of minist what ministry is onto the priest or onto the rabbi or the leader, whatever. But the disciples made disciples and the disciples of those made disciples. And that's how it worked because everyone understood that all are called to ministry and ministry isn't I go to church on a Sunday and that's it. It's I imitate my Messiah and I walk like he walked in all facets and we're going to have our giftings, brother, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's going to be like, do I truly pursue and desire to walk like he walked? And for me, it's even, I've, I've, I've been able to, and we can probably get into a few of these stories. Um, but I've been able to, um, see God's miraculous hand. I, I've saw miracles, legitimate healings. I've been able to witness God do amazing things. But when do those normally happen? Honestly, even as somebody do, who does communicate with big event evangelism, I see them normally when it's one-on-one, -on -one, when I'm walking down the road and God convicts my heart to pray for this person or I see them on a more intimate level on more of an earthy ground level and I've seen things that big but it literally people don't realize that we we minimize the day of what we call quote-unquote the small things but I feel like the greatest miracle ever is getting somebody who doesn't know God to begin to believe in God and go from death to eternity as a son and a daughter but also it's in those intimate moments that you will really, I feel like, a lot of times see the manifestation of the demonstration of power because I feel like the motive of the heart is even better there because if it's big events, we're all looking, we want to see God's signs and wonders and all of these things, right? But it's in the days when the, the lights aren't on and the microphone yeah. is amplifying the when voice. When no one's watching. When no one's watching, but your heart is contrite and broken because you see somebody in need and you're willing to be bold, uncomfortable, and risky 
as in, I believe God, you can move in this moment now. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, faith is spelled R I S K. Yeah. Risk. Right. And, um, man, it was risky for Peter to take that step on the water. It was risky for Moses to stand before that Red Sea when Pharaoh and his chariots were coming. Like every moment of faith in the scriptures is there was a risk involved. And that is what we see is that when you don't feel scared, like really scared, like there, I mean, when you, you should feel really scared in that moment, that's the moment where you're like, okay, I'm feeling scared and that's not a problem. That's not like what's gonna stop God from moving. Like you need to go and be like, well, I feel scared right now, but I'm gonna have faith, but I'm gonna have faith, but I'm gonna trust in the Lord. You know, people feel like they need to stop feeling scared or feeling, you know, this is risky or fear or whatever they're feeling. And at that point, that means they have faith in the Lord, but rather it's faith is an action. Faith is, I believe so much Lord, that even though I feel all these things, I believe so much that, that those things aren't going to stop me. And so, you know, brother, like in uh, practical, you know, cause I think that's what's gonna help is practically we, we have to understand that when we're, uh, when we're shy, cause I'm, believe it or not, like I'm actually a shy person. And, and when uh, the Lord showed me like his desire for me to, you know, share with other people, that was, that's scary, man. And, and I, for a lot of people, like just going out and, and, or, or in your day to day, you know, telling someone, you know, if you're going to a, a grocery store or you're, you're going to be in a restaurant or wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, okay. Like you need to be like a walking temple like we love to talk about the temple and I love that, but, but here's the thing is the temple is where the spirit was housed and, and the temple was never meant to just be one singular building and one place where everyone needed to go to. But Lord, the Lord wanted us to be the temple going into the world, being taken where no one would ever think of going to a temple, but we are the temple taken into their midst and the spirit is in us. And now the Holy Spirit is just like touching and doing miracles. And we are that priest ministering in that yeah. way. And sometimes, like I say, that's scary, but we just, we just start small and the Lord does the rest. I, I think, again, I, I believe that God is so omnipresent and omnipotent and has in all those O's, right? But he is, and he's desired to operate through humanity as his, his agents, right? So now that we carry the Holy Spirit, you know, there's a lot of times my fear is, what if this person, and, it, and, I, and I say this not to get into the theological piece of it too much, but what if this person that passes me by, the Father literally desires for them to say silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have is get up in the name of the King that I serve, but I'm so afraid because what if, what if nothing happens? Well, I can tell you this, nothing's going to happen if you don't have the risk to, to be the one that has an answer to say, I mm. think God has a purpose and a plan in your life. And, and, and now in that, there is that balance of spirit and truth. And I feel like that's why we've seen there is that places that, that I think that people are scared of opening up the place to spiritual gifts or seeing the Holy Spirit manifest himself. And it's easier to think in sensationalism that those things ceased back in the day, even though I can testify, I've saw it, it's not gone, it's not gone away with. It's here. <laughs> but because there's been some people that have 
mishandled oh, yeah. and had strange, we'll call it strange fire that we see in, back in the, in the Old Testament because there is a balance and that's why I feel like it's so important to have that bounded, grounded truth of how the Holy Spirit operates, which he, you don't put him in a box, but he does have characteristics and who he is and how he flows. He's holy. He's holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that, that it's important to, to realize that, you know, there is a balance with spirit and truth. And I think you and I are both we're just, we lean heavily on the spirit side as in trying to influence people who have caught the rhythms of the front of the book. Because if we're not careful, we forget about the fact that, you know, we, we were just here um, and we got, we got to share that the other day with, with the other leaders and it was an amazing time. But I, I cried. I went back and I listened to just what we had did with, with HFF and, and uh, uh, a pastor, at Matthew Vanderell's, he was sharing how you know, with the kids that he was able to, they, at the end of some of their, their stuff, they could quote the Shema and they knew all the Hebrew blessings, but they didn't know the name of Jesus's mom. And, I, and again, in the picture, I started weeping and my, right. my, my team had told me that, and I, like, because if we're not careful, we, we can forget really what this is about about which is about a king who conquers death that's a good father that wants to bless us and allow us to have heaven on earth now like we are meant to not be terrified we should have joy and love and peace and right. we we should walk Amen. in a, a place of enjoyment yeah there's fears and there's challenges yeah. but we shouldn't be shying away right. and we also shouldn't be afraid of the spirit flowing because we do have the truth side, the instructions, and, and Abba and his spirit, he he operates in those constraints. Yeah. Now those constraints actually are, are pretty flipping amazing how I can see him stopping the sun and doing a lot of stuff that seems crazy. So those are his constraints, but right. what's your thoughts? Yeah, brother, I, I think it's key to understand, look, yeah, like, like I mentioned, he is holy. So there is this, we, we have seen a lot of abuse and certain movements who are very pro Holy Spirit movings and things. And because there's no grounding in the truth and what is holy and what is unholy, then anything can start going. And then under other spirits come in that aren't holy because we don't know what the definition of holiness really is anymore. But to be honest with you, you know, I think that for people who are in you know this front of the book who desire to you know keep the commandments and who have this understanding of God's holiness you know for them I think I I desire for them to be bold and be radical in in allowing the Lord to move because I think most people in that place understand where the what is not good they have the discernment but sometimes they are scared and they block the Lord for moving in the ways he desires because they, well, I, I, I guess it's a misunderstanding sometimes about what spiritual gifts are. Because see, for example, I mean, Yeshua, when he was with the Samaritan woman at the well, many people don't understand that he was exercising a spiritual gift right there. I mean, he was telling her about things that he was not supposed to know about her life. 
And she was so shocked by that. And she was like, oh, you're a prophet of God. You know, she had immediately, she was hit with this reality that this man, there's something different about this man. It wasn't just wise words, it was power. And I feel like, you know, we should allow these things start starting in our churches, in our uh, fellowships. Yeah. We should, uh, we should pr provide a safe space that has uh, an opportunity for growth for people. And then from there on, we can, um, when we allow spiritual gifts to start there, you know, we can learn and learn and we start taking them outside the walls, which is where I really want them to be. And then we can start pulling people in like that Samaritan was, woman was pulled in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where the Lord desires for us to think on this. I, uh, as, we, as we kind of wrap some of this up, I think, again, that place is birthed in prayer. I mean, that really is, to me, like this, this call that's going out, especially in today's society, is we've got to become a people that are committed to prayer. And that's not you just running your mouth telling God what you need, what you want, where you want to go. It's you getting to a place where you pray through yourself because it's natural to pray that way. I, I had a mentor of mine for a long time say, Nathan, the first 20, 30 minutes is you just praying out of yourself, trying to get your flesh out of this so you can begin. And when I first started hearing that, I'm like, the first 20 or 30 minutes of me praying is me like praying for 20 or 30 minutes. And he was like, and so this was many years ago and he just, the father just broke my 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 body wide open when it comes to Nathan. You make all this time for so many trivial things that has no merit in the kingdom. They literally are wood and hay and stubble. But why don't you get in my presence, go into your secret place and spend time with me, get to really know me in intimacy and, and get out of yourself and begin to let me speak to you and listen and to receive. And prayer isn't just talking. It really, for the most part, it's yeah. just listening, reading, meditating. And I think for us, um, as, a, as a move, if we want to begin to, to see the form of God that's not denying the power thereof, but to see that Corinthians 2, where he says, man, I didn't come with pervasive words. I came with power and dude on high from the Father and demonstration. It's, it's going to take people, mm. especially in this movement. We're, we're big on reading. I know people that will they'll study the front of the book for five, six, seven hours. Right. All we're saying, study yeah. the book for four hours, and then spend two of those hours doing it praying listening and just being yeah. being being in his presence with yeah. turn off the mind yeah. turn yeah. off the mind yeah. and listen what i mean is that yeah. some of your thoughts of yeah the, the prayer life yeah amen brother yeah 100 uh, percent. It, it's birthed in that hunger that true like hunger and the way you, if you don't feel hungry then pray because the, the reason you don't feel hungry is your flesh is so satisfied that you think you're fine. That's Maritan woman. She likely thought that she was fine, but she didn't realize how thirsty she really was. That's why she was trying to get that fulfillment in all these men and relationships. And Yeshua came to her and said, look, you're not really fine. You, you're just satisfied in your flesh. Drink of me and you'll really no, never go thirsty again. And I think for us to get to that place, we need to have that encounter. And the way you encounter God is when you get to spend time with him and speak to him. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. so good. And I guess we'll end it with this. The reason why I'm so passionate about spirit and truth and, and not putting our, our creator back in the box that we're afraid to see him. Because when we fear, hear about the former and the latter rain, and we think about, we have a cup for Elijah at every Passover Seder, right? Um, and we, we, we are expecting, um, we know that 
a falling away happens, but also there's this amazing awakening. Mm-hmm. And when I read Isaiah 35, which is a, a life verse that my family and our team, and it's talking about the wilderness and there's a wasteland that becomes glad. And it's talking about the highway of holiness and the unclean won't go there, but the fool, they'll get on this highway and they won't go astray and the redeemed will walk there and the lion, it'll be a place of peace and where God's power's flowing. Before it talks about the highway of holiness, it literally says, the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, the tongue of the dumb will sing, waters will burst forth in the wilderness. And this in context is very much not past. This is very much Mm. still what we should be expecting that when the king is getting closer every day, every moment, and this could be hundreds of years, it could be decades, who knows? But what we do know is that we now carry the mantle of the breath of God in our hearts as a mini temple, and we should be seeing God's power on high, but we got to get out of the way. So, so finish it up, close us up, pray for us, talk, give us me some of your final thoughts and then let's pray. Yeah, I would say, you know, get hungry if you don't feel hungry and get hungry by going to the Father's feet like we talked about in prayer. And when you realize that hunger that's in you for the Holy Spirit, which I believe that all of us really do have, then go and seek that cry out. Just like we cried out for truth all those years ago, that's how we received truth. Cry out now for His Spirit, for that's how you receive His Spirit. Let His Spirit dwell in you, fill you, and let Him run you over, and then you'll see it manifest in your life. And don't be afraid to step out. So I'll end it with that and say, Father, Lord, I just thank you for this 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 desire lord that you have been pouring out across your body lord i thank you lord for everyone who is listening lord that you would just fill them to the brim with your holy spirit lord i thank you father for just moving lord in this movement like never before lord i thank you for starting this thing that is all restoring it back to us father what has been stolen god i just thank you for your truth and your spirit to be poured out. We pray this all in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. And we love you guys. And if you're the first time ever watching either with Petey or myself, just know this. We believe 100% salvation comes by grace in Yeshua and King Jesus alone. We can't earn it. Amen. Nothing we can do that there is when we keep and we have a heart to obey is because we've understood that the pattern in the book blessing and protection is connected to our obedience and now that we live love and we look like our king we have a desire by grace that we're, we believe that we were saved only by the works of, of of calvary of jesus yeshua alone we now as sons and daughters we want to live love and look like him we want to love and love's an action and so that's why for us obedience to the scriptures mm-hmm. it's all about because we love him that's what john speaks so don't ever a lot of times people always say nathan yeah they never, even though we say it to a blue in the face, grace alone is how salvation comes. There we go. But our heart to obey and obedience, spirit and truth combined, there's power. I love you, Petey, man. Thanks for having, thanks for like just having, sitting down and having yeah. some, some Bible talk with me. Yeah. So God bless you guys. Thanks, brother.